Welcome to Off Trail Learning. This is Blake Bowles. If somebody looks at you and you look like a teenager, then they assume that you go to school. And so they'll ask you, what school do you go to or what classes are you taking? And when you have a response that's not traditional, when it's like, well, actually, I'm doing this thing instead, then you get really weird looks and you get treated differently. And sometimes you get treated positively and sometimes it's more skeptical or negative. And so explaining yourself as an unschooler is a real challenge, and sometimes it's annoying or frustrating. So today I'm going to talk with Mila, who is 18 years old and at age 16 came on one of my unschool adventures trips, and that was actually her gateway into the world of unschooling. Um, She also went to not back to school camp, and I recognize that a lot, if not the, the gross majority of people who I'm interviewing on this podcast have some connection to not back to school camp. And, you know, I'm not getting paid to do this by Grace Llewellyn or something. This just happens to be, you know, the best possible network to meet people who are young and who are unschooling and who are really bright and eloquent about it. So that's my disclaimer. And of course, as somebody who has worked there since 2006, I'm I'm a true believer in not back to school camp. And I think if you're a teenager, you should go there. Uh, Yes, I do. So they usually open enrollment in late January or early February of each year. And so go check out the website then. And I plan on working at the second organ session, the one at Camp Myrtlewood in the upcoming year in 2017. So I hope to see you there. Again, this is not a paid sponsored message. This is just Blake loving not back to school camp. Okay, without further ado, here's Mila. My guest today is Mila Von Tauber. Mila, tell us who you are, where you're from, how old you are, and your, a little bit about your education. My name is Mila. Um, I am 18 years old, and I live in Savannah, Georgia. Um, in terms of educational background, I was in public school until 10th grade, um, so I had quite a long stretch there. Um, and then around 10th grade, the universe just started pulling me towards these things and it led me to unschooling and um, actually Unschool Adventures, which is the program that Blake runs. And um, Thank you for that shout out. Much appreciated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it led me to that. And at that point, I decided that I wanted to go on the trip and I was pretty sure that I would return home and then just continue school, graduate, do the whole jazz, get it done. Um, And then I spent six weeks in Nepal with a bunch of unschooled teenagers. And I knew at that point that there was no way that I'd be able to return and be happy. So (laughs) gosh, that's so that's such a damning statement right there. I can I can never be happy again. Okay, please continue. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided that I wasn't gonna do it. And so I came home and I started unschooling and I've been doing that for the past then almost two years, um, come September. So so you've been an unschooler for two years, and now you're at the age where most of your peers who are in school are graduating or have already graduated? Correct. Got it. And we are going to be talking about fitting into the normal world as an unschooler, because yes. that's something that, that is on your plate right now. Uh, t- tell us about that. How are, you, how are you facing this challenge? Well, the thing is, is I've... Um, now I'm at the point in my unschooler journey where I have really come to terms with it and I love my label and I love my identity as it. And 
part, part of that, you know, comfort has come from going to not back to school camp, which is a camp in Oregon um, for unschooled, untraditional learning uh, homeschooled kids. And so um, there's different sessions, but I went to Oregon too. And so going to that last year really um, made me feel much more confident and much more just nice about this whole thing. And I felt very, I felt I fit in, you know what I mean? And that's something that's uh, before I went to camp, being in the normal, quote unquote, normal world, I hadn't really felt as an unschooler because um, it's just, it's very, I think it's very hard to communicate what unschooling is, even on a basic level to people who have never even heard of the term. And I felt the same way before I knew what it was and before I was part of this community. Um, and I really, it's just, it's so foreign. It's like this crazy concept, not going to school. Like, what is that? That just, <laughs> that sounds like failure when you think about it at first, when you have this idea, but it's, it's not. And it's, it's so open to interpretation and so open to an individual's um, path. And it really lets us all become the person we want to be. And so that's something I've been dealing with recently because I've been going out in the world and I've been making friends out that are like, at this point I'm 18. So I'm making friends that are like older than me and they've they're in college and they're doing their thing and I have to explain to them that I'm an unschooler and I get like, I get really nervous and I get tongue tied and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say because I start and then it's like, they just have a look of complete comprehension. <laughs> oh on my face. gosh. I, I know that look. It's like the furrowed brow and yes. they're, they're looking at you like you're kind of speaking in Hindi all of a sudden. Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they just, they just don't know. Like, they're like, okay, but, and then, so after I explain it, then I always get the, but like, so if you're not taking math class, like, what are you like, how do you know math? Like, what are you doing? And like, they do all this, like trying to fit it into like the subject boxes of school. And so that's always fun to like explain that, guess what? You actually learn that in real life, um, without having to be taught to you specifically like that. Um, so it's been interesting, and I actually attended my best friend's graduation um, a couple weeks ago, and it would have been my graduation ceremony because we went to the same school. And so it was really interesting to go to that and be a part of it and watch, like, all of my peers do this thing, this, like, amazing thing in the school world. Like, that's that's what you're there for is to graduate so you can be done, really. And when you think about that, it's extremely sad because all you're doing is waiting to leave and then that's the that's the congratulation is that you're done you know and now you can go and go into the real world and be happy and go do the things you want to do so going to that graduation ceremony was definitely um it was definitely interesting to observe the things and and I didn't feel sad I thought I would feel sad about missing that opportunity but it didn't feel important because I've had so many other mm. amazing things mm -hmm. that unschooling has brought me Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you saw your friends doing the walk, getting the graduation, wearing the cap and uh wearing the cap and gown, and you didn't feel any sort of any sort of like, oh, I kinda wish I was in their shoes. I, I do you feel any of the remorse that can come from not going through those high school uh, rites of passage like prom or what winter formal? I guess that's that's just another dance. Gra graduation and prom. I guess those are the two big ones that everyone considers these milestones of age. You know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Uh, do you feel any? You know, like like you've missed out at all? 
you know, I I expected to feel that much more than I do. And granted, I do feel it a little bit. I did feel a little bit at the ceremony. I was sitting up in like the rafters instead of where everybody else was. And it it felt a little, I felt a little bit of remorse just because I've chosen a different path that is just so different from the normal that I am a, in a completely different category. And outside of camp, outside of school camp and outside of like, being in the unschooling community actively, like in the real world, I don't feel connected to anybody because my ideas and my views have changed so much in the last two years because I've removed myself from the public education system um, that I just, I have a hard time connecting with them on a lot of things. And so that was really where the remorse came in is that I, I missed like in the real world, quote unquote, um, it, I don't really belong anymore. And that was really where the remorse came in. It wasn't for the the actual um, events themselves because the events themselves I knew were just the events that get you through high school, you know? And that was mm -hmm. all it ever was for me as well. Prom was like the big thing, like that was a celebration because you got there, you're good. And then once graduation hits, it's like, you did it, you're done, like you can go explore. But because I left school early and because I've done this and I've done my own path, I got to explore the world a lot sooner than they did. And so I don't feel like I missed anything. If anything, I've, I've gained so much in other aspects of my life that I think will be much more important to my future. Mm -hmm. So it sounds kind of sweet and sour here. On one hand, you say that you're really happy for the experiences you've had as an unschooler. But on the other hand, you don't feel connected to the, the mainstream of, of society or the mainstream of, of your peer group right now. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we can unpack that second part and tell, tell me how you feel disconnected, like beyond having to explain uh, your kind of, you know, how you check the boxes or how you'll be able to go to college if you want to do that. Once you get through like the unschooling basics, unschooling 101, in mm -hmm. what ways do you feel like you're not connected? And, and let's be careful because maybe Mila, you're a total weirdo and you didn't connect with people even when you when you were in school. And so we need to balance the, how Mila doesn't connect and how Mila the unschooler doesn't connect. That uh, is true. That is true. <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, when I was in school, I was a pretty stellar kid, honestly. I was straight A student. Um, I had a lot of friends. I was very involved in, I wasn't involved in sports because I'm lazy a lot. But um, I'm right there with you. Yeah. But um, I did participate in a lot of other things. And I was, you know, I was generally happy. But it's because I think that I, I didn't know that there was anything else. You know, I didn't. There was no other option. There was just making the best out of what I had in front of me. Um, and so let's see. Some things that I'm dealing with in terms of feeling unconnected is once you get past the whole icebreaker thing about unschooling, um, like, especially having friends that are in college, they're constantly complaining about school and they're constantly complaining about the fact that there's like so much work on them and they think they're, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what degree they want, if they're going to even use it. They're just like constantly talking about all these things where it's just for me, the obvious answer is to just stop and like go find what you need to do or go explore in college and take some new classes and kind of branch out and do those things because that's what in my mind is like that's what I would do in that situation that's what I have done um, when I don't know where to go that's what I do I open up I go other places I, I do things um, and I feel like for a lot of people that are in college have gone through the high school experience it's just drilled into their heads that the only way to be successful is to have that degree and just keep going with it until you get that degree. Like you can't do anything else. And that's just not true. It's lies. And, <laughs> um, and so that's definitely one connective thing that I've had a 
trouble with because for me, it's so obvious it's not because we're just on different wavelengths that way. Um, and then it sounds like sort of, sort of an attitude difference where there's this culture of these, these other people, you know, running into stumbling blocks or they're not really interested in their classes and they just sort of complain about it and don't do anything about it. Whereas it sounds like you have a more proactive approach and you're like, if something's not working for you, then let's, uh, let's go deal with it. Like, like put, yeah. put it on pause and deal with the, pro- the problem. Yes, exactly. But even though that's true um, with the attitude thing, I think that part of the attitude comes from the background, comes from being in that for so long where it's like you almost don't see another option. It's just you have your parents drilling you that you need to do well in school so you can get that degree. You have your counselors and your teachers and they're telling you it'll be a failure if you drop out and you do something else. And it's like uh, it seems like that's really the only path. And so my attitude about it, because because I think partially because I've gone through this unschooling experience and really accepted it and loved it and whatever. Um, I, I see it differently and I know that there is another option. Um, and so I think that maybe not everybody that's unschooled is like, I think that there is a partial part of it being just my personal attitude, my personal, the way that I live my life, the way that I see the world. But then a big part of it is also, I think, the way we grew up with our education and the freedom that unschooling gives us to make those changes and, and decide what we want and go after it and find what we want. We have that opportunity, which mm-hmm. you don't always have in school. Well, it's like you have it, but you have all these other responsibilities on your right. plate at the same time that effectively shove it, you know, shove the finding your interests, you know, pursuing things that are meaningful to you way into the corner. Exactly. Uh, Cause there are, there are some high school students who do manage to, you know, have a, a positive kind of self-discovery experience. But I feel like it's really the exception to the rule. Absolutely. Yeah, because Let's... society always tells us that, like, that that finding yourself moment is supposed to happen in college. And it's like, until then, I don't know. <laughs> and then for a lot of people, it doesn't happen in college. And they're like, oh, my gosh, it was supposed to happen. And now yeah. what do I do? I'm in the world. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Um, let, let's go back to the term unschooler because as you – uh, intelligently said in the beginning, Mila, it's, it looks differently to a lot of different people. Absolutely. And I'm curious how your definition or let's say your explanation of unschooling has evolved over the past few years from being, uh, you know, start from when you had maybe your very first exposure to the, the words homeschooling and unschooling. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe, you know, if it's gone through different stages, I, I'd be really curious to hear what those are. Yeah. Well, my very first, I mean, if we're taking it back to our very first, my very first introduction to the term homeschooler was in school. And homeschoolers were always considered the weird kids who couldn't deal with social responsibility and they needed to be secluded. And that was just kind of like, that was harsh, but that's really in a sense, the way that they were viewed in school because the rest of us were normal. Why couldn't they go to school and do what we were doing? And so that was my very first impression of them. And I think that's a lot of people's uh, first impression of them is that there's, there's something quote unquote wrong or different about them that they can't handle school. Um, And so that was kind of like the way that I was looking at it when I first was introduced to unschooling. And that's kind of why I was really sure that I wasn't going to stick with it. I was going to just go back to school and keep doing what everyone else is doing. Um, and then it, when I went, like I did obviously before I went on the trip, the Nepal trip, I did some research of my own into unschooling. It seemed, it seemed like a pretty radical thing, um, coming out of school. It seemed like, um, the kind of thing that was like, 
it sounded great in your head, but in reality, could this really work? You know, mm, very um, idealistic. Yes, exactly. That's the word. Um, and then I went to Nepal and I spent all that time with these amazing people who were doing it and they were smart. They were successful. They knew what they were talking about. They were lovely people, absolutely wonderful souls. I got along with every single one of them. And I was like, this is crazy. Like how, how have we gone so long with this definition that like that homeschoolers and you know, all of that is weird. Like these people are just like me. And, um, if not better, because they've had a chance to really learn themselves in the process of growing up, you know? And, um, so that was like the second step. And then once I left Nepal and all that behind me, I went back into the real world. And that's when, um, I think, it really hit me what I was doing and like the fact that I wouldn't be graduating and I wouldn't be getting a diploma and I would like, I would, I would be facing some difficulties that most people who follow the path don't. Um, and so then I started looking at unschooling as like, I needed to make it fit into the boxes that society creates in terms of subject courses. So mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. read a book and I would write it down and I'd be like, okay, this book was sciencey and this is my science <laughs> thing for the day. And it was like ridiculous because I was putting so much pressure on myself to fit into these boxes that no longer existed. They just didn't. There was no reason for me to use them because I've stepped outside of that and I'm in a different, you know, zone. I'm in a different place. But it took like a solid year for me to really unschool myself and to really take the time to learn what it is that I really loved and what it is that I really wanted to learn about and realize the fact that I didn't have to define it the way that everybody mm. else had. So in that first year where, when people were asking you, well, what are you doing with yourself, Mila, if you're not going to school, did you respond in a sort of giving them the, well, here's the science I'm doing, here's the English I'm doing. Did you uh, put it into those academic boxes? Is that how you explained unschooling? I actually just said I was homeschooled because it was a lot Ooh. easier than saying I was unschooled. And um, I didn't stop doing that until I went to camp for the first time. Wow. Um and I, you know, I felt the entire time, every time I told that to someone, I felt kind of sick, you know, I felt kind of like, this isn't actually what I'm doing. And I'm using this as the way out because I don't know how to explain what I am doing. Mm -hmm. And then I went to camp and um, I believe it was Margie um, Sanderson. Sanderson. Thank you. <laughs> I believe it was Margie that held a workshop at camp about this. And she was talking about, we had a whole like hour discussion about, um, unschooling and like the, the things like how to, how to talk about this to people, how to approach it. What do you say? Do you say you're an autodidact, which is the official term for being an, you know, a self-directed learner? Do you like, what label do you use? What do you, you know, what do you do? And, um, it was a really interesting discussion. We actually drew up a little poster, um, with different like information and bits and all that. I don't remember it exactly, but it was phenomenal. Um, and, and then I left camp and I was like, there's one thing about being a camp, which anybody that's not a camper doesn't know this, but anybody that is a camper does know this is that it is the most amazing place on the planet. Um, it's, <laughs> that is not a biased statement at all. No, yes. it's not. <laughs> it's just objective fact. truth. Yes. <laughs> and there's so much creative energy. There's so much beauty. There's so much just love and just, just 
energy to accomplish things and do things there in so many different forms. There's people who are amazing musicians or people who are amazing artists. There's people there that were like crazy smart, like brainiac, like knew all this math, knew all the science. And I was like, what? Like how... How is this, you know, how is this happening? Like, this is just amazing. Seeing this in front of my eyes, tangibly, these people who have common sense, have problem-solving skills, and are just as smart, if not smarter, than people who, you know, are in the public school system because they've had all this real-world experience. And so that was really after camp was when I really decided that I was not going to hide from the label anymore. I was going to embrace it wholeheartedly and that I loved it. And that's when, before then I decided, um, before I went to camp, I did decide that I really wanted to learn about plants. And so I actually got an internship at a plant nursery, um, in my town. And, uh, within two weeks, my boss had hired me because he thought I had a really good work ethic. Um, nice. Yeah. Right. Skills. Um, and the, I've been working there ever since and I love it. Um, obviously every job has its own, you know, stuff to deal with, but I love learning about the plants. I love the science of it. I love knowing the names and helping the customers and everything. And so that was something like before camp, I got the job, but after camp was when I was like, this is something I'm going to use as a learning experience, you know, mm. and I'm really going to gain as much as I can out of this. And I did, I set my mind to it. I learned everything that I could over the winter while we weren't busy. And then the spring hit and I've been like on the ball. I've been so good. <laughs> and so camp really changed all of that for me. It changed the way that I looked at it, the way that I really looked at success and like looking at these people and being like, I can do this. This is achievable for the average teen. This is something I can do. And it was really profound and wonderful. So I'm hearing a couple of themes here, Mila. The first is that uh, coming at something so radical as unschooling as a total individual is really hard. But as soon as you get a chance to meet other people, especially those who have been doing it longer than you have face to face and spend some quality time with them. And you got that through the unschool adventures trip and through going to not back to school camp. Then your confidence level just like goes through the roof. Correct. Um, and it also sounds like, uh, have you been, well, this is more of a question than a, a statement. Um, have when you are explaining unschooling now, or you just kind of you're explaining what you're doing with your, your life right now. Uh, do you talk about working at the plant nursery? Does that kind of come up uh, pretty quickly in the conversation as like, here's what I'm doing with my time. I yes. am interning at this awesome plant nursery and learning a ton. Yes. That is actually one of the first things I bring up just because it's the easiest one to explain um, as like a tangible, there's been a tangible effect from being there is all this knowledge that I've gained. And it's something that I knew I wanted to do. And then I made it happen for myself. And um, so that is one of the first things like I'll, I'll say like, I'm an unschooler. That means that I, you know, I self-direct my learning. I don't have a curriculum, but I go after the things that I really love and enjoy and I learn them. And then they're like, so give me an example. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I really loved plants and I really loved horticulture. And so, and then I explained the whole thing to them, blah, blah, blah. And then we get to the point where they're like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And I'll be like, yeah, it is pretty cool. It's <laughs> and that, really cool. And that grimace, you know, suddenly comes off their face and they're like, okay, this is a normal person in front of me. Exactly. <laughs> I, let's do a little armchair philosophizing here, Mila, because I, I feel like there might be two stages in, uh, in an unschooler's existence, just to broadly generalize. Uh, maybe the first stage is the, like the de-schooling stage where you're like, I know that school's not working for me. 
uh, I'm going to give this unschooling thing a chance, but it's kind of messy and and not very clear what I'm doing in the beginning. And maybe you're kind of grasping at straws and you don't have anything very clear and concrete to point to, um, you know, because if someone says, oh, you're an unschooler, what does that mean? You're like, well, I'm kind of like poking around YouTube for most of the day right now <laughs> and trying to like discover what I'm interested in. And this other person just has this image of, you know, this this poor oppressed child spending 22 hours a day on YouTube. Uh, but then, you know, when you get through that exploratory phase and you, maybe you latch onto something more concrete, like, for example, your, uh, your internship at the nursery, uh, then it becomes a lot easier to explain unschooling because uh, you have these, these kind of more socially accepted uh, things to point to in a way, in the sense that like just exploring and trying to figure out your interests and, and dabbling is not very socially accepted for a 16 year old to do. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's everything you said is absolutely true. There's definitely two, there was for me definitely two definitive stages of going through this process. It was first de-schooling myself, trying to figure out what it is I wanted to do now that I didn't have all of these like strict people telling me that I had to do this and this and this and this. And I was really lost. Um, it's, it's a hard transition to make and it took me pretty much a full year to do it. Um, and I know that in that time, my mom was definitely like, what have I done? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Your poor mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I reached the point where I, you know, I figured out what I want to do. And from there, um, this all has happened. And it is definitely, I did notice a lot that when I was in the de-schooling stage, I felt extremely unconfident with what I was doing. I was like, I don't know, like I am just basically searching around. Like I took a couple, um, I took a couple like online college courses that weren't for like actual credit, but like the free ones, you know, and I learned some stuff and I was like, this is cool. This is cool. And like when I told people that they were really impressed because they were like, wow, she's taking college classes. Like good for her. She's 16. But then when I was just dabbling through the internet, spending time writing music, doing whatever it was like, she's wasting her life. What is she doing? And that really comes to the idea of the general public's idea of success and um, that's definitely something that is different for each individual. But as a whole, I think that success in society is viewed by following this path and doing it, you know, right and doing it justice and going to high school, graduating, going to college, graduating, getting a career, getting a husband or wife, staying in the same place, get kids, get, you know, do that whole thing. And that's totally fine. I think that it's great that people do that. But there's a lot of us, I think that that path does not call to us. And um, when it doesn't, it seems like people don't view your life as a success. They view it as, if not a failure, just you're a weird outlier. Like, what are you doing, you know? And I don't think that's fair because it's different for everybody. And um, my, like, the way that I'm going to value or the way that I'm going to measure success in my life is completely different than how you're going to do it. And you shouldn't get to call me unsuccessful because I'm not doing what you want to do and what you think is right. Like that's, yeah. And I and feel so, like you're, re you're really hitting the crux of the issue here, which is uh, one version of success ver versus multiple versions of success. Correct. And uh, I feel like for people who are, are definitely following the, the single uh, prescribed path, uh, you know, it's actually a little bit threatening to hear about somebody like you who is very purposefully choosing uh, a different path. You were not forced onto this path because you're an at-risk student. You're not, you know, you are 
electing this with full consciousness. Exactly. And and I feel like that can be threatening if if you have this uh, this belief system that says there's this one right path, and because the existence of other right paths would then it's kind of like religion, right? The, yeah. the existence of another god would you know kind of deny the existence of your one god, exactly. and therefore it's like oh my gosh I. You know, I need to be very skeptical about these people and maybe even hostile towards them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you received any hostility in, in your life oh, as an unschooler? Oh, my God. Let me just start with this, okay? I was in California um, a couple months ago um, visiting a friend. And we were grocery shopping because she's also an unschooler. I'm an unschooler. We were grocery shopping with her mother and we were walking around and this guy literally just like came up to us and was like, shouldn't you guys be in school? Aren't you a little young to just be walking around? And we're like, um, we're homeschooled. And he was like, oh, sorry about that. And then he like just walked off. And I was like, first of all, like. Where is this? Why are you even doing this? Going up to two <laughs> girls in the middle of the grocery store telling us. Creep, that we need creeper to, alert. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, what is that? And, you know, secondly, like, you don't know my life story. You don't know what I'm doing. Like, get out. What are you doing? And so that's happened to me. That happened to me in California. That's actually happened to me here much more often because I live in the South where uh, open mindedness is a little bit less common than in California. Um, and that's happened to me with my mother and, um, in the grocery store, it's happened before. And just when I talk to people, like when I introduce myself and we get to the, you know, the conversation about school and they're like, so have you graduated yet? And I was like, yeah, I graduated early. I say it like that. And then they're like, oh, so like what school do you go to? And I was like, actually I was unschooled. And then I get into that. And then like the very first reaction is always, I've honestly never met someone that their first reaction was curiosity. The very first reaction is always like, hmm, I don't. I don't think I like that. You know, they're like, they're kind of, they're kind of, they don't, they don't like it. It's different. It's weird. And, um, and well, actually let me, let me fix that. I did come across one person in Nepal, um, at, we were at a, <laughs> we were at a Buddhist monastery in Nepal and, um, one person thought it was really amazing that I was doing that, but she lived in Colorado. Um, that's where she came from. And she, uh, was studying permaculture or something really amazing like that. And she thought it was great that we were doing this. And it was really nice to see that. Cause that was like my first, you know, touch of having that. And ever since then, I, mm. I really haven't encountered anybody that isn't actually already a part of the community that is immediately like attracted to the idea, which is, I think partially because it's, it's just, it is so different and it's never really given as an option. No one would know about this if we weren't out there fighting to get it known. You know what I, I mean? I, and I think that's an incredible thing that there is no, you know, at age, whatever, six or whatever, there could be milestones, age six, age 12. There's no one who's, you know, sitting us down and saying, listen, school is one option. And then there's all these other options that you yes. can do. You know, there's public, regular public school, there's charter school, there's interesting private schools, there's like total military boot camp private schools, there's homeschooling, there's unschooling. There's exactly. Cetera, you're not given these options. It's like literally your options are go to public school, go to private school. Or home. Be a freak of nature. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, those are your options. And it's just, it's ridiculous to me because I, when I was, before I like, before I, my, my classmates graduated. So it would have been like last year when they were all juniors. Um, I remember I went to several different events with my best friend, um, with school people and, um, they would like ask me what I was doing now or whatever. And like, they just, they couldn't, um, yeah, they just couldn't wrap their minds around it. And, and that sucked. 
Now that you are on the cusp of, you know, you're a legal adult now. You're on the cusp of the the phase where everyone's expecting you to either go to college or get a job. Um, do you do you feel like the term unschooler is something you're going to stick with? Does it feel like it still does justice to your 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 lifestyle, or is it does it feel like something you're going to move away from now that you're leaving the the teenage realm? That's an interesting question. Um, I feel like at this point, it is a pretty permanent part of my identity as an individual. And I think that as long as I'm doing anything school related in terms of like, I'm at the age now where um, I'll be going to college and all that. But I think that as long as I'm in that stage, I'm definitely going to continue to use it because it really changes um for me, it defines how I grew up in these last couple of years, how I turned into an adult was really like a lot of that was guided through this process. And so it's important to me. It's important that I am known as an unschooler. And like, I like that because it's something that is just, it defines me in a way. It's like telling, like, it's like being proud of your sexuality, you know, and being like, I am bisexual. I am gay. Like that's, that's kind of how being an unschooler feels to me. And it's, mm. and I like that. I feel like I have a place with this community and it's a place that I am very proud of having. Mm. And uh, something else that popped into my head during our discussion, Mila, was that uh, it sounds like there might be a lot of young people out there who want to do something like unschooling, that they crave that freedom and autonomy and the, and the meaning that can come from it. But just the idea of having to explain yourself over and over again to other people and to be labeled, you know, potentially labeled, you know, this weirdo, this outcast, uh, I think can deter a lot of people who would otherwise benefit from, uh, from unschooling or a similarly alternative path. And I'm wondering if you've run into anybody like that in your life, maybe people who are friends and they're like, man, I love what you're doing, but I could never do that. Yes. Actually, um, I have encountered a couple people that really, um, they really love the fact that I'm doing this, but their excuse is always like, but I think it would be too hard for me or, um, or I, or they said, um, one of them said that they don't think they would get enough support doing it. Um, and I've had people say that, you know, they just, it's, it's too uncertain of a future, you know, uncertainty of like what you're going to be able to do with that. And like, if you're going to be able to go to college and like, I always try to, talk to them about it and give them more information and be like, this is like, I know that in your head, it seems like really difficult to have to do this. And like, you're alone, but it's not that way at all. Um, And that there's, there's so many more facets of that and so many more opportunities that you have growing up and growing into an adult and your future that it it gives you. And, um, but I definitely have encountered a couple people that would just be like, that's great, but that's just not something I could do. Mm. So. And, it's, and it's hard to know because maybe they, they come from like a family situation where there's really no support for it. Um, you know, there's many reasons. There's many roadblocks that can stop people oh, who otherwise sure. want to unschool. Yeah. Um, and I constantly come back to this uh, analogy. Like what you were just describing uh, is just like what people say about self-employment or being an entrepreneur, working for yourself. Yeah. It's like, wow, you can do that and that's so cool. But I could never do that because – and then, you know, usually it's some – Something re- regarding security or safety, or you know, like you said, having a, you know, having a, a clear plan for the future. Something that is not clear, that is uncertain, where there's higher risk but also potential higher reward. Uh, that just scares uh, a lot of people. And, yeah. Uh, uh, 
yeah, becoming an unschooler is kind of like going into business for yourself in regards to your learning. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's scary for all of us, I think, unless you are fortunate enough to actually grow up with it from the start. You know, um, I think that my view on it is definitely different than a lot of the unschoolers that I've met that have been unschooled and since they were in kindergarten or first grade or second grade. And I, I, I love the fact that they have been able to do this their entire lives because I feel like I've definitely missed out by only being introduced to it so late. Um, it makes me sad, you know, like certain things I've missed out on. Like I've only been able to attend camp last year and this year, um, and then I'll be too old technically for it. So like instead of being sad about graduation, like I'm sad that I haven't been able to attend camp for like seven years in a row like other people have, <laughs> you know, like that's something I would have loved to have. Um, and so it's definitely... Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, but because I, you know, I came from the school system and now I'm not a part of it, um, I feel like my view is relatively unique on that. You know, just because I, I was a part yeah. of the system and I was actually a good kid. You know, I like I did everything I was supposed to do. I thought I was happy, but I really was just fitting into the mold. And I, you know, I I did well in it. I did well in the mold, but I wasn't being challenged. I wasn't really using my brain, I was doing fill in the blank worksheets. And that's just not something that I want to waste my time on anymore. <laughs> really. Uh, to wrap it up, Mila, I'm curious if you have an operating definition of success right now, like what that looks like for you, uh, or if it's still kind of fuzzy and gray, which would be totally reasonable also. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, success is something that I have definitely redefined for myself um, several times since starting unschooling. Um, and currently, I think this is going to sound hella cliche, but um, <laughs> it's being a happy, healthy individual and all the things that that involves. So for me, that is... Um, I've really gotten into blues dancing. Um, it was introduced to me on the Nepal trip, and then I've had different experiences with it throughout my life so, since then. And, um, and I just really decided at one point that it was something I loved enough to actually go after. And so part of the success definition, part of the happiness definition for me is having that as an active part of my life. And I decided that I wanted to. And so a friend and I actually started up a community here um, in Savannah. And um, so we run a group. It's twice a month and we teach the classes and we, you know, we do research on YouTube. We find new things to teach people. We get guest instructors and we get it done, you know? And so, um, that's definitely an important part of my success and, um, and then everything else that makes me, you know, a happy person and like feeling like I'm getting stuff done. And another part of the success definition for me is actually um, doing things. I'm not a person that likes to sit around and not do things. So when I have goals, when I have things that I can accomplish and once they're accomplished, like that's, that's such a nice feeling for me. So I definitely always have different goals running through my mind, different projects I want to get done, writing things, um, making music, doing different things like that. Um, and so I just think anything that contributes to me being happy and, and laughing and, and having a good life is what will is my success. You know, that's kind of my legacy is just having a good life and, um, being happy with all my choices. Amen to that. <laughs> uh, Mila, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for chatting with me. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this ad free podcast, there are many ways you can support it. You can write a review on iTunes. You can share it on social media. You can email it to someone who might benefit from it. Or you can support it directly with a per-episode donation 
at offtraillearning.com slash support.